0: I've heard from so many fathers who have struggled with raising spiritual kids. The evidence can be felt in churches where there are few to no children or young families attending and the church is struggling to grow. I've also seen churches where there are very few men attending compared to women. What is going on with men and spirituality? What is going on in the home? How do we turn this around? My guest is going to give us some answers in just a moment, so don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role, and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest is author, speaker, coach, and pastor, G.F. Watkins. Pastor Watkins. Honed his leadership skills starting as an all American athlete and coach. After coaching, he became a pastor at his home church for 20 years. And then he used his leadership skills and experience as a pastor to plant many churches around the globe and train the next generation of God's leaders to raise up powerful ministries. But there is something about fatherhood that plays an essential part in all of this. And we're going to talk about this in a moment. But first, Pastor Watkins, thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. I'm excited to be here today and to be able to share what God has done for me in my entire life while dealing with men and families.
0: So, Pastor Watkins, how did you go from being a coach to being a pastor? And how did your coaching experience prepare you to lead and start churches?
1: My father was a great, uh, uh, is a great man, uh, was a great athlete, uh, all American in college at Baylor university. And so he trained me and he was my coach. And then he became our principal and our superintendent. So he was in education. My brother's a coach and I just found a great correlation, uh, between training and focusing on an objective and then taking it step by step, going to the gym, going to work out the things that you do to be a great athlete should transfer to being a great Christian if you do them consistently and with integrity. And so I felt like that was a no- normal transition. My pastor, when I was a coach, uh the pastor I went to was an ex-athlete, and he asked me one day if I would consider being the principal and coach of his Christian school. And that was how I got into ministry. It allowed me to go to Bible school at night. Um and uh seven years later I left that church and started a church an hour across town in Houston. Katie is called powerhouse church. The principles we use are uh, like you you would feel like you came into a a coaching situation. I call it coaching. It starts off coaching slash mentoring and hopefully works into a fathering relationship because I think that's the highest level, you know, of relationship is father to son or father to daughter. Uh, We're a fatherless world today, as you well know. And so I'm just trying to uh, apply the things that I learned to become an all American athlete and then become a coach to the things that Christ taught us. And there are so many people that are sitting in our churches today that never played athletics. They were never in any organized, even the band or any military. And so they don't understand a lot of, uh, coaching techniques and it's really good for them to get their life in order we say that you have to get into alignment for your assignment. That's what we do. We just script out how to do that. And then we're there for them. We don't just give them a computer program. We're there for them in the flesh to do that. I train coaches or, or assistant coaches. You might call them disciples today. They're the same thing. It's it's all about God's team And it works in in that capacity. You mentioned
0: that we're a fatherless society. I find that fascinating, a fascinating statement. In your experience coaching and pastoring, what have you learned about the impact of fatherlessness on society and churches?
1: Well, Jonathan, you know, uh, I'm an author. I've written seven books and um, uh, several of them, many of them, I mentioned the statistics of fatherlessness and um, I call it the curse of fatherlessness out of Malachi 4, 6, where he says, except the heart of the fathers is turned to the sons and the sons to the fathers, you will live under a curse. And then we look at our statistics today is that 61 percent of the homes are fatherless. That means Johnny is being raised by mom in most cases or a social worker. That's a dangerous situation, and, and it has led to an effeminate society today. Um, which is not healthy for any for anyone. You can see it in all the trappings as you walk around. It's not it's not a healthy position. We Men have lost our masculinity. We've lost our godliness. The Bible says God is a warrior. The warrior is his name. Over 80 percent of all rapists come from fatherless homes. I'll say that again. 80% of all rapists come from fatherless homes. 95% of all young men in in, uh, prison today come from fatherless homes. And 90% of all runaways are from fatherless homes. We have a plague. We have a curse on our land today now. But that doesn't stop the curse from touching our lives because we are in the world and not of it. And the curse is, is manifest in our schools. It's manifest all over by people that don't know Christ. They're living a fatherless life with a hole inside of them that doesn't understand a wound, if you would, understand the goodness of our Father God because they judge him based upon their relationship or lack of with their earthly father. Um, At our ranch, Jordan Ranch, you can look at it up at jordanranch.org, just like the River Jordan. Yeah, we we have a program that I instituted for coaches called Helping Coaches Coach, where every coach in the state of Texas can come free, and it's it's a two thousand uh, dollar experience here. the The ranch is a fifteen million dollar ranch with twenty two bedrooms, very nice, and we we talk to them about three things: marriage, money, and mentoring, and we just let them have a free weekend with their wives because coaches. Uh, are a lot like fathers in the schools, and so um, we really value putting fathers back in a position where they can be impactful. That's why we do what we do out here.
0: All right. Well, that's interesting that you mention uh, Malachi four six because that that scripture is one of the visions. It is the purpose and mission of the Fatherhood Challenge. It's also interesting you mentioned the curses because you know we don't like to talk about curses it doesn't feel very it doesn't give us the warm fuzzies to talk about it's a very very stern and serious thing but it sounds like what you're saying is the curse is happening in our lifetime today it's it's the prison systems what's going on there the results of fatherlessness it's the crime it's the shootings it's it's all of it
1: Yeah, absolutely Uh, these things manifest out of young men i mean think about um the uh, horrific shootings that were in the, uh, uh, in the schools every year. If you look at that, I think uh, two years ago, there were over 300 shootings across the United States, mass shootings, whether they were in school or not. Uh, 100% of those were by males. We, we, don't, have a, we don't really have a, a female issue problem in that area we we have a, a male issue. And so that's why we attack the male problem. The lack of men, the lack of fathering, the lack of leadership, and the lack of biblical leadership obviously is what I'm talking about. So, so most churches are, are 80% female and 20% male. And yet biblically the Bible says God wants the man to lead the family. Well, how can he lead if he's not even listening to the to the shepherd so we, we've been doing this for 30 years jonathan and um uh, we've come up with some really good ways to help men uh and it's not just like an online course what we believe from prim- primarily is one-on-one mentoring and and tutoring that's why we've come up with manhood university because we have so many people asking us to come and teach them how how to develop godly, mature, strong men. You also have a fatherhood retreat, right? Well, we we have uh, a lot of things that we do. We have, it's called intense men. It's a father-son gathering where men bring their uh, tents and they fish and they zip line and they play football and basketball and paintball and they're busy all day. And then at night we come together and worship God under the stars it's the largest one in the United States. We have uh, around 1,500 to 2,000 fathers and sons uh, every year in March that come out to their ranch. It's it's very fulfilling. About 500 give their life to Christ the first night, get baptized, and they just have an incredible time and they're taught in the evenings about fathering, correct fathering and being a man.
0: So at the end of this episode, we're going to mention how you can get Plugged into this, how you can get connected, get involved, and attend. So, is there a problem in homes today where fathers are struggling with faith, spirituality, and leading their children to God? Why does it seem that some churches have a low attendance by men?
1: Well, it's very simple. Uh, again, I'm I'm not trying to be the authority on everything. I'm just from thirty years. the the uh, The questions and the answers come easily. We've seen them. It's not something we've just studied. Here's what you have to realize: if if 61 of the homes are fatherless, guess what? Most of the pulpits are.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, we don't think about it like that. But Interesting. We, we think the man, you know, that's, that's speaking from the pulpit has it all together. But little do we know that most most of those guys didn't have a father, so they're walking around with a father wound, and they don't know how to how to disciple that's why there's not many discipleship programs that are successful in the churches and they don't know how to father you as a congregation and so when i say that you should support and honor your pastor when the people go back in there the pastor doesn't know how to take that as a father so now we're training pastors and we're we're i'll I'll mention something in affirmation in a minute uh, we're trying to get them healed and whole, so that they can effectively pastor men, so that the men can pastor their homes.
0: That puts an interesting spin on it. Yep, fathers pastoring their own homes. What would happen if every home was like that?
1: Well, you'd be back to the Bible days, because that's what—that's exactly how you know children were taught biblically. We know that that the father was the teacher of the Torah, of the Old Testament and the New he, That's what the, the, the mandate was, was the father was the leader and the teacher. And so I think we would begin to have a lot more order and with order comes multiplication and, and blessing. Blessing is the opposite of the curse.
0: Walk me through this. How does a father who didn't have a dad in his life learn to become a strong spiritual leader in his home and church?
1: Very good question and people are asking that all day long most of the time what we do as men again 30 years of experience here and and my mentor was a guy named dr edmund lewis cole most people consider him the father of the modern day men's movement dr cole led coach mccarty to the lord lord and and coach mccarty started promise keepers and dr cole based out of dallas texas he wrote "Maximize manhood so I had a great father, for example, but he didn't connect the dots from athletics to Christianity. So when I met Dr. Cole, I began to see all of the things that my father was teaching, the parallels. And it just jived. It just worked together. And I read Maximize Manhood, and then I met with him, and he began to mentor me personally for the next seven to eight years. And, um, And then he passed away. And we have carried that mantle out here to Jordan Ranch, where we help men understand first who, who they are, their identity. Then, then we recognize, uh, we, we affirm them. most men have never been affirmed, Jonathan. And that's where everything starts. In other words, you can mentally approach this problem and you can do better. We can teach you that. But until you're affirmed, you won't do it from your heart. You'll only do it from your head which means that you'll never be totally successful or satisfied. Um, I think affirmation is so, is so critical. We teach identity, affirmation, and purpose in, in what, what we teach uh, at the ranch. And then we send men back into their families to teach their, their wives and their children, and we teach them exactly how to do that through a commissioning process of nine books uh, that is about a one- to two-year program. We've, we've done it all over the world from... Africa to Australia.
0: I love that you focus on identity and purpose. That's one of the things I learned from Chris Bruno uh, is the importance of those two things. And the identity goes splits in two different directions. One direction is the generational component. In other words, your your dad, your grandfather, your great grandfather. What were their issues? Was it alcoholism? Was it physical abuse? Was it pornography? Was it something else? What, what were their issues? What are the generational, um, I, we call the generational train. How far, how far does this train go? Mm-hmm. And are you on that train or have you gotten off? Um, so those are the, that's one part of your identity, the uncomfortable part. Then there's the other part of it, which is the spiritual identity. And then the purpose is pretty straightforward. Your, your spiritual purpose. why, why are you here? What were you meant to do? And without understanding those two main components, men become lost. There's an empty hole in, in them and they will do anything and go to anything to fill it. Any vice that they can find that they think will fill it. That's right. Uh, and, and they just frankly become lost. So I'm really excited that you focus on those things. Amen. Um,
1: I'll, I'll throw in a little caveat for you to think about is, And this is this is something that we really hit on about six or eight years ago that we'd never I still don't hear anybody teach on it. So we're really trying to get the word out there in all of our meetings. And we are international. We we have what we call alpha male groups going on from Italy to Africa to Romania, uh, all over South America, Peru, uh, a lot of them all the time, probably some going on right now, where we've trained men to go in and do these things, and then the discipleship begins after. One of the key components, and this is what your listeners need to really hear, is that Jesus was uh, 30 years old before he did his first miracle. Most people don't know that. He only lived to be 33. 33. The book of John says, if all the miracles that Jesus did, which is how he's known all over the world as the man who walked on water, raised the dead, the blind eyes saw him, that's how people identified that God was on earth. And he said, I'll confirm my word by signs following. That's, that's his pattern. Well, when, when Jesus uh, uh, finished his course, the book of John says that if all the miracles he did were written in books, the earth could not contain them. What in the world happened at 30 to start that three year mirage or collage of, of, of miracles? He walked into the Jordan River. And when he walked in, John the Baptist baptized and became out. You know the story. The heavens opened up and, the, and, and God, his father, said, This is my son. And he, he was baptized. affirmed. He was affirmed. If Jesus needed to be affirmed to walk into his destiny, don't you think we do?
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely.
1: So there's, you say, well, how do we train men? Well, we can train them mentally, but what we've got to do is affirm them because Jesus needed to be affirmed, not one miracle until he was affirmed, and then so many that the earth couldn't contain them after he was confirmed. Uh, excuse me, affirmed. And so um, we need to realize it takes fathers to do that affirmation. That's why we have so many father's wounds because the enemy has gone after the, the very uh, 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 position of father. He's gone after that position to take away the, the ability uh, to have affirmation, which is the one thing that catapulted Jesus into his ministry. And it does the same thing for men. When we wrap our arms around these guys and we just affirm that you're a good man. I believe in you. You have talent, you have wisdom, you have guts, you, you have more than you need to take and do what you're called to do. And we're going to help you do that. We got your back. You need to go faster and harder. You're a good man. Most men have never heard that I'm a good man from a father figure ever. And we think they have, but they haven't. I've done it by thousands. I've had 85, 88-year-old men begin to weep and break and say, I've never been hugged by a man. I've never been told I was good by my father. This thing is rampant. I mean, we do it all the time. It's the same story. Men need to know that somebody thinks good of them. and, And somebody has to be their father because their father doesn't play. The mother nurtures and she loves you no matter what you do. But a father will tell you the truth. And that's why his words are so powerful.
0: That is an interesting concept. And you talked about the, the fatherhood role, the spiritual aspect and identity of it. There are, there's always an original, and then there's always a counterfeit in the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. So we have God the father as the original. And then on the other side, Satan, inter- interestingly enough, Satan is identified as the father of lies. That's right. And so this is why the affirmations are so critical. And I experienced just what you experienced. I, there was a, there was a man that walked into our church and visited. And uh, he was, I heard a little bit of his story and he was having a rough go of it. I mean, he was really fighting, really fighting to stay involved and stay in his kids' lives. There was so much going on. And he was doing overwhelming things just to stay connected to them. But he was beaten up. I mean, he was really hurting really badly. And I just sat there for a few minutes, just recognizing and acknowledging the struggle that he was having and, and then acknowledging what a powerful impact he was having on his kids' lives and how, how it would change them and for the, for the the better, for the future. And just how important he is to them Mm -hmm. and the fact that he's already doing that and he's working so hard at doing that. And he's probably, and no one's probably even noticing it and he's doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. And as I'm saying this to him and just acknowledging what he's doing and he was just breaking down and he said just what you said, no one's, no one's said this. So those affirmations are so important. The other overwhelming theme I'm hearing you saying so far too, is that, while being a father and being involved is, is essential, and yes, but it's, it's not enough. There has to be a community, a community involvement. Fatherhood is a community. Even, even then, you mentioned in your own experience, there was another mentor that kept in and filled in the gaps where your father couldn't.
1: Absolutely. The Bible does say, though, you have 10,000 instructors, but you have not many fathers, um, again, I, I thank God for my father. He's, he's, he's 86. He's still around and joining me tomorrow for a, an event at the ranch and he serves God, He prays. He he's doing everything that he might not have done when we were growing up. Uh, but he's always been a, a good man. Now he's an informed man. He's a, he's a, he's a guy with a purpose back to that word purpose. But God connected me with Dr. Cole, I believe for that short six or seven years. Uh, to kind of get me in alignment for my assignment. And so um, I think that those divine relationships, they're out there, but it really helps to have a spiritual coach or father to help you recognize where they are and which ones are good and which ones are not.
0: What are some simple, actionable steps that a dad can take right now to change the direction of his own spiritual walk and make it meaningful to him and his family.
1: Well, they say that readers are leaders and leaders are readers. Uh, the very best thing I can tell you to do is to connect with guys like me and you. So that that's the first step. It's, you know, do something lest you do nothing. What, what are you spending your time on? Most of them would say on their phone. You know, uh, that's, that's, not, that's not where we're headed. Get something, uh, you know, obviously you want a Bible. And you want to be able to read that, but how do you read it? Dr. Cole's book, Maximize Manhood, kind of helped me understand the Bible and its purpose in my life. And now I have a daily uh, reading time and meditation time and a very good understanding after all these years of what the word says. It is the book. While we have other books, the Bible is the book. But, you know, we've written one called, a book called Take Your Place. It addresses exactly what you're saying right now. We did that based on my life with Dr. Cole, how I found a spiritual mentor, how I related to him, and how I did those things so I could become a mentor. You have to be a really good son if you're going to be a great dad. You have to walk in those steps to understand what a son should look like. Everybody wants to be the leader, but nobody wants to serve. We have to learn to serve our way into a position of eventual leadership and qualification. So take your place. They can find that at gfwatkins.org.
0: Pastor Watkins, you are the author of four books. The Alpha Male, Test Me, The Malachi Mystery. That's one of my personal favorites. Take your place. Take your place is about the Malachi 4-6 prophetic message and G-Men, the final strategy. Please tell me a little about a little bit about each of these books and how they can help men. And fathers find their true purpose and identity.
1: Well, we actually use those on our alpha male um, uh, Saturdays that we host uh, around the world. And uh, take your place is used for identity. So you really have to find your identity, your purpose, who you are. Then you move into uh, uh, alpha male, which is now that you know who you are, how do you lead? The alpha male and the women who get them is what it's called. And so how, how to lead in a world of compromise, you know, and, and how to do the right thing every day. Uh, and then we have test me, which is now once you're leading, the blessing of the Lord is on your life. How do you how do you continue that process in test me? It's how how do you how do you lead and succeed and not let the success get to you? Because when you lead God's way, you will be successful. And test me lines out all the promises of God are yes and amen. So it's not enough just to reach the top; it's how to how to stay at the top. And then and then G Men uh, is is really a rewrite of a book that I wrote twenty years ago, uh, and it received a lot of accolades and awards as in the way to bring men's ministry together with the local church. It was written for that purpose on how to how to make those two mesh, and that was theory twenty years ago. Now, after twenty years, I have four of my top disciples and spiritual sons that wrote chapters in there because they walked through 20 years with me implementing those truths. And so it shows you the ones that worked and the things that didn't work and what we're doing now after 20 years of doing men's ministry, actually almost 30 years now. So that's that's the way those five books lay out. I've written uh, other, other books and everything. But those are the ones that we focus on right now.
0: How can dads connect with you with questions to receive training or get any of your books or attend any of the retreats?
1: It, it can pretty much all be found, Jonathan, at gfwatkins.org. Just my name, gfwatkins, dot org, And everything is on there. We even have live chat. So if they want to ask a question, uh, uh, you know, if I'm not available, then somebody will give it, give them that information, and get them to like IntenseMen.com. That's that's our gathering for fathers and sons. JordanRanch.org. That's how they can come out to this ranch and be a part of it. They might want to bring their church out here or their leadership retreat. People do that all the time. Uh, we are booked, uh, uh, you know, pretty far in advance. So uh, go online and check out JordanRanch.org you'll love it. It's, it's probably the best Christian retreat in the state of Texas. Rick Perry said so, so we'll go on his word.
0: And just to make it easy, if you don't remember all of those links, you can also go to the fatherhoodchallenge.com. That's the Fatherhoodchallenge.com. If you go to this episode and look right below the episode description, all of the links will be there. You can just click right on them. It'll take you right to where you're trying to go. So, Pastor Watkins, as we close, what is your challenge to dads listening right now?
1: My challenge to you is, is uh, be decisive. Be decisive. In other words, make a decision. Uh, God and women want their men to be decisive. Um, I read something the other day. It said, uh, right or wrong, make a decision. The road of life is paved with flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. Procrastination steals time, kills initiative, and destroys production. So don't procrastinate, make a decision today, Uh, go get some of these books, start reading them, start following people that that are focused on good fathering skills, and also find your purpose because when you know what your purpose is, your overall 30,000 foot look uh, purpose, then everything else tends to fall in line. And remember, purpose identified creates passion. We can help you find that purpose and and then you can lead your family in the same concept. So there's a lot of help out here today, including uh, the Fatherhood Challenge and other good ministries like that. But we desire to mentor you personally.
0: Pastor Watkins, thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge. It's been a pleasure having you.
1: Thank you, Jonathan, be blessed. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode
0: of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit
1: thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.